Welcome to Deeper Dive. My name is Dawn. Today I'm doing the podcast without Joe. He had uh, another engagement that he had to attend to, but as always, we always put all our prayers out for Joe and hope that everything's going well. And this podcast is presented to you by Plantation SDA Church. This is podcast 49, season two. And today we'll be talking to Principal Rob Stevens. Hi, Principal Rob. How are you today? I'm doing great, Dawn. How are you doing? Awesome. I'm good. I'm good. So before we get into everything that went on this weekend, let's um, pray. Loving Father, we love you so much. And we thank you so much for the day you've allowed us to see and the way that you continue to minister to us in our hearts and in our minds. We ask now that as we discuss a little bit more about your children at your school, we ask that you just guide our thoughts and our conversation, that we would always bring you foremost and that you continue to bless all the children represented. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so on Sabbath, it was a little different. It wasn't the normal nativity and the baby Jesus and all those kind of things. It was a little different. How come we had something a little different this year? You know, th- there's a couple of reasons. We, we have we got a new uh, music director. Mm-hmm. And, um, when, when I brought him in, he said, I don't want to just be music director. I want to be performing arts. Mm-hmm. And so um, he, he worked really hard to try to um, figure out how to uh, motivate the students to develop their own kind of a program mm-hmm. that would uh, represent um, sort of their, 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 their uh, experience and their interests in music. Um, and so he put together a program that was um, focused on praising uh, Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. his work, mm-hmm. both, uh, you know, traditional Christmas songs as well as uh, praise music that tied into the general theme. You know, we wanted to focus people on, on, on Jesus Christ, but we just wanted to do it in a different way, um, you know, in a way that would be uh, unexpected mm-hmm. and fresh and a new take on it. And so that's sort of the direction he chose to go. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not a micromanager. <laughs> when I hire somebody, I hire them to do the job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I look forward to seeing uh, what will come of it. And so uh, that's where we ended up. And uh, I think... Um, from the uh, from what I've heard, uh, people were blessed by it, mm. and so we just we just tried to do something a little bit different this year. Yeah, the kids did a great job. They did a really really good job. I noticed that you had everybody participating from all the different grades. It was it was really good. Um, tell us a little bit about your what's going on at Sawgrass? Give us an update. What is going on at Sawgrass this year, especially this semester? It's a brand new semester after COVID, children coming back. How has it been? You know, it, it, it's been uh, surprisingly good, but, but challenging. You know, the kids mm. have been out of school for a year and a half almost. Mm. And um, so to get them into the classroom routine and into learning, um, the, you know, just like any other school, you know, there was a, a level of academic loss that we've been mm. working to try to uh, regain. Mm-hmm. And the good news is that our students are doing well and, and, and we are um, gaining ground. Uh, we've uh, put into place a new uh, language arts curriculum called Wit and Wisdom that, that mm-hmm. um, tackles language arts from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it, it's taken a little while for the teachers to get used to it, but now that they are, um, we're starting to see some some positive results with our students. And um, so, yeah, it, it's been challenging. You know, we, we've had to deal with, um, with more um, mental illness with our students this mm -hmm. year than in the previous year. Mm -hmm. um, staying home and being isolated was not good for mm -hmm. the kids. I would say borderline disastrous. Um, and in homes that were um, tense places to begin with, yeah. the students were then locked in and unable to escape. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that when you run a positive school program, school is an escape from that and yeah. an escape from, from the difficulties of home and a place where they know that they're loved and, and wanted and respected. Um, and the, the kids didn't have that escape for, you know, a year, almost a year and a half. And mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, we're dealing with a lot of that. Um, I, I, I've been a, a school principal for, you know, over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I've never dealt with elementary age kids that are suicidal before. Oh, um, wow. And I'm dealing with that. There's quite a few of our students um, as young as the second grade mm -hmm. who are with the, the with with not wanting to live anymore and and spending a lot of time counseling with them and 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 um trying to give them hope and, and the fact is that we're living in a world now that if you don't have hope in jesus christ there is no hope um <laughs> and, and you know as as people will hear me preach from the pulpit even the atheists know this world is going to yeah. end now yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know and so unless you've got hope in jesus christ there really isn't uh, there really isn't hope. And so, mm. you know, it's important to have our children in Christian schools where we can mm. aim them for a hope that's beyond, beyond this world, um, because um, humanity is, is um, set and determined to destroy this planet. And, uh, and so we need our, our children to have that hope. And so mm. you know, that was another um, focus of this Christmas program is to, you know, focus on the love of God and, and mm. the gift of Jesus Christ. And, uh, Give our students the opportunity to minister uh, to 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 our community through that, and so um, mm -hmm. you know uh, the the music program and the program we do at the school isn't just to educate, but also to help heal our students from mm -hmm. from 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 this from the, the disastrous way that the um, the ruling elites of the world and this country have chosen to deal with this pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're working to just connect our children with Jesus Christ uh, daily in the classroom. Um, I do the chapels weekly that, that, that connect them with Jesus Christ again and our weeks of prayer and programs like that that, that give them hope. Our kids mm -hmm. need hope. And, um, and so we need to model it and we need to teach it and we need to encourage it. it, it it's vital. Mm. I noticed that you had um, like a guitar ensemble. Yeah. Uh, how did that come about? Well, over the years, because I, I lead um, praise and worship with my students during, um, during the chapels, mm. um, there's been a, a building desire to learn how to play guitar. Mm. And one of the talents that my, my new music director has brought is he's also a guitar player. Mm. And so doing group guitar lessons with our students. Um, he has about, I don't want to exaggerate, the Irish side of me will get me in trouble. <laughs> But, but probably between 15 and 20 kids in the guitar lessons. Wow. And so he chose the sixth grade because the sixth graders have really done well with it. 
Um, and so he chose the sixth grade uh, to focus in on, on the guitar music. And it's great because, you know, the guitar is such a versatile instrument. Exactly. It can be used in praise in so many different ways. Mm. And, you know, when you learn how to play rhythm guitar, it, it's actually relatively easy mm. uh, to, to, to learn how to pick it up. And you really only have to learn, man, if, if you can master um, the three main chords in D, E, and G, you mm. can play about anything. So, so you're talking about mastering, you know, nine chords that if you use a capo on the threat, fret, you can play just about any praise song that they sing in church. And so mm -hmm. um, we're just, you know, training, our, giving our students the tools uh, to be able to, um, you know, be, participate in praise and worship, lead out in praise and worship. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we've got, we've got that whole, whole guitar thing going and I'm so proud of my kids and uh, there are some of them, they, they bring their guitars to school every day and you'll see them in aftercare, you know, just thinking away on their guitar and, and practicing their chord progressions. And, um, and you know, our, our music director, he also teaches physical education. So we still call him Coach Dan, even though he does music. He, he's done a great job, um, um, you know, getting the kids lined up, um, teaching them the, 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 the key chords in each um, in, in each octave and um, has them has them playing. And so mm -hmm. that's sort of a new addition and it's a new praise arsenal that our churches are gonna be able to use with our kids because mm -hmm. they, they're going to end up being, you know, song and worship leaders, you know, in our churches. When they get to high school, they're going to be exactly. front and center. When, mm -hmm. If they choose to work at, at, at camps in the summertime, mm -hmm. they're gonna be vital. You know, the, the guitar, again, is just such a wonderfully versatile instrument, instrument. that you can take mm -hmm. just about anywhere. So, exactly. yeah. That was awesome. Okay, I saw that in the second service, you had that young man that came out, Jordan, and did his poem, yes. which blew me away. Did he actually write that poem himself? He actually wrote that poem. That is his poem. Amazing. He, he's a very gifted young man. Very mm -hmm. gifted, very... Um, very empathetic, mm. um, very deep thinker, quite a philosopher, and mm. yeah, I'm very proud of him. And, and yeah, that was a that was a uh, that was a deep poem. It that, was. That was, it that, was. That was thing. And I was wondering if you did that because of the way that you ended the program, where you talked about the school shooting. Is that why did you decide to talk about the school shooting in Michigan? You know, I. I I, want, I just wanted to bring in what was happening in, in, in the news mm. and tie what is going on in the world mm. and what Jesus has planned for us in the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And so it was something that we were seeing in the news. We were seeing it played again, yet another school shooting going on in the mm. country. And, um, you know, uh, and, and, and Ty Myers, you know, willingness to put his life on the line mm. for his friends. And that was something that we could connect with mm -hmm. and take with us. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, whenever I speak publicly, I want to make sure that there's something done and something said that people will be able to carry with them and remember. Mm -hmm. um, it, it doesn't do any good to preach a sermon that after Sabbath lunch, nobody remembers. <laughs> you know, and, and so, you know, it, it's always my goal to be able to say something that's going to stick in somebody's mind that mm -hmm. they'll have to work to get out of it rather than try to remember it later. Mm. And so to, to bring in the contemporary news and tie it in with the eternal concept uh, was all you know, part of the design 
mm -hmm. uh, to be able to connect people with the now and the forever. I, I think it's very important that we maintain those connections um, as, as we start looking forward to, to the second coming, which is, mm -hmm. you know, if, if, if you're a, you know, and something that I kind of missed from our last pastor because he was definitely connected with end time events mm -hmm. and revelation and those kinds of things. And, you know, this is the time we need to stay close to biblical prophecy right. because it's definitely pointing um, us in the right direction. And we're seeing those um, those mile markers that, that the Lord put in scripture for us going by faster and faster every year. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have to make sure we're ready because, you know, the bridegroom's coming. And uh, we look forward to that day. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Do you think that the students, um, because we, we have, we seem to be having quite a few of these school shootings. They seem to be kind of very prevalent and children are able to have access to um, the guns themselves. Why do you think that is in this day and age where we would think that technology, the children would be brighter, the children would understand. Why do you think this is happening? Well, Technology doesn't make people brighter. It mm. makes us less intelligent. And mm. that's something we've got to recognize. The more we rely on technology, the less we use our brains. Mm. And so one of the battles we're dealing with is nobody uses their own brain. They just trust in Google. And so they carry this device in their hands. This is their brain. Mm. And there's nothing here. And so we're seeing more and more of that. Um, you know, it's interesting because as a parent, if I could go back and change one thing, I would have never allowed video games into my house. Mm. And I shared that with my son and he agreed and he's raising my grandson right now. And he told me, dad, there will be no video games in our house. Wow. There, there will be none. In fact, he, he lives in Ohio and he's seriously thinking of raising his son in Amish country um, mm -hmm. in Ohio, mm -hmm. where, where, where they can get back to actually like putting, to, yeah. putting putting things into their brains yeah. um you know an amish child just goes to school till the eighth grade but what they learn in those in those eight years is more than what the average child learns going through high school mm. uh, because they don't have the technology as a as, as a mental crutch mm. and that's what we're dealing with right now and then the the, the games and the um social media Right now, all, all the psychologists are agreeing right now worldwide, it releases dopamine into your, into your system each time you get a like and all those things. Mm. And so we're actually raising young people to be dopamine addicted mm. through social media. And it is just as addictive as cocaine or anything else, especially for young people. And so, you know, all of these things combined are conspiring uh, to destroy human minds and rely on technology both for pleasure as well as information. And we also know now that the, most of the information we get on the internet is false. Mm. And so the, uh, the ability to, um, and, and then not only is the information false, but we have very little information of our own in our minds. And so we're being completely manipulated by, mm. by, by technology through through Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp and, and all of those social media outlets. Um, and so, you know, we've got to be very careful to, as far as families, as far as even individuals, to start using technology only as a tool and wean ourselves away from using it 
as the sole source of information and for entertainment mm-hmm. because literal it's literally leaving our brains empty as these social media giants are putting more information online and and it's it's a terrible trap that we've allowed ourselves to fall into and um even to the point now where you know i'm becoming more and more convinced that we need to start building up our book libraries again for mm-hmm. so many schools have left book libraries for online libraries, online libraries. Oh. We, really, we really need to start weaning away and having our students read pen and paper books again um, because it that's what builds their brains you know as, as i saw a post recently you know books are the way that we load more apps and intelligence into our minds mm. uh, and without literacy we're actually falling backwards in our ability um you you talk to most psychologists and even modern biologists now and they say that humanity is de-evolving wow that we are less strong both intellectually and physically than we were just one generation ago and i remember when i was growing up each generation consecutively was bigger better stronger yeah 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 well we're going in the opposite direction now both intellectually and physically Um, I was talking to a gymnastics coach, the head gymnastics coach at Southern Adventist University. And as we know, the gym masters are, are famous for, yeah. for excellent gymnastics. Right. And, and this was when my son was in college. And he says, man, it's so nice to have a kid that's strong and capable like your son. We've had to cut back on what we do in gym masters because the quality of the DNA isn't coming through the door in order to do the things that we were doing just 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Um, because the kids are sitting at home playing video games rather than outside doing stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, you know, th- those are things that we've got to really, really work with our kids to wean them off of literally a, a physiological addiction mm. to the online environment. And the next level that we're going to, we're going to be going into virtual reality, VR. Mm. That's the yeah. next level. Mm. And the people who have developed VR will not let their own children Play with it mm. because it's incredibly dangerous it's an incredibly dangerous technology and we need to stay well clear of it because once vr comes it's literally going to allow forces that are not christian mm. take over the reality of what is going on in our lives mm. and if we're not intelligent enough to be terrified of it um mm. then then, then uh, we we really have a problem so mm. raising children in this new world and this new uh, tech crazy environment and then mm. trying to teach them in a school where mm. they go home and deal with that and so you know if we ignore that <laughs> if we're not using technology to teach kids now because of the way their minds have been programmed by technology it's almost impossible to teach kids now uh, without using technology because You know, most of my kids, when their parents are dropping them off in the morning, the kids are sitting and watching or playing a game on the cell phone while they're getting out of the car. car, Um, And that's literally destroying their brains, their ability to think, their ability to function. And it's putting uh, that ability into the hands of the programmers. And we Hmm. know that the programmers, for the most part, are not Christian. In fact, Hmm. I would say they're anti-Christian and we're putting... that information into our kids' minds. So, you know, we're, we're in challenging times. And yeah. unless we, um, as parents, as, as communities, both Christian and non-Christian, start standing up 
and, and, and limiting, I'm not saying cut all technology, I'm not anti-technology, but limiting technology as entertainment and technology as our sole force of information, um, we, 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 are, we are literally creating intellectual weaklings uh, with, mm -hmm. and physical weaklings uh, for our children. So it's a frightening time. So how do you do that when you have your kids that come to school? You have, I know you have um, devices there for them to use yeah. um, during the day. How do you limit the amount of screen time, I suppose you can say, that they're going to have during the day when you know that when they get home, they're probably, once they hit that car, they're on that device. We, we really do try to use our, our computers as little as possible in the school. Okay. Um, and then we use them only for academic pursuit. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, there are certain programs uh, like, like Reading Plus that do help kids mm -hmm. learn to read better. Right. And, and there were analog technologies back when I arrived in the United States, I remember, that actually had you know, similar things in an analog way where you had to follow and read at the speed that the words were given right, to you. Right, right, right. Um, so that's kind of what that does. So that's a good tool to use. Mm. But, but, but we, we uh, stay away from, from game playing and role playing games and those kinds of things that are online. Mm. Um, but on, on the other hand, we have our students involved with robotics and we, do and we are teaching students how to do coding and programming. Mm. Because the future li lies in coding and programming. Mm. Once minimum wage hits $15 an hour, I guarantee you that McDonald's is going to be making hamburgers using robots, not people. And the people who know how to program those robots are going to have money, the money. to have jobs, mm. uh, because the people who don't know how to program are going to, are going to be given work for food signs because $15 mm. um, will, will, makes it cost effective to develop technology due to the job that people used to do so so you know we're teaching our children those skills but that that isn't the game hmm. and, and it puts them in control of the technology rather the technology in control of them hmm. and that really needs to be our goal is to put our children in charge of the technology and make sure that the technology doesn't control them uh, that really needs to be our goal as, as parents and as gatekeepers uh, to their intellectual growth. Textbooks tend to be going online now. Do you yeah. are a proponent of bringing back books yes. as opposed to having textbooks? And how, how do you do that? Well, we do have books at our school. Um, they, they, we do um, use the online resources that are attached with the textbooks because some of those resources, again, teaching our students how to use technology as a tool rather than entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't even mind having a textbook online because if they forget their book at home, they can log in and get it on, you know, get it on a computer. Mm -hmm. But again, that's using internet as a tool, not as entertainment. Mm -hmm. And that's where we, that, that's where I draw the line. Mm -hmm. We need to get away from using technology as entertainment because it's dangerous mm -hmm. because you're, giving other people control of your mind. It's, it's the same, you know, the Seventh-day Adventists, we have a real stand against drinking. Why do we have a stand against drinking? Because mm -hmm. when we're under the influence of alcohol, we are no longer under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And the same principle applies to technology. 
when we're using technology for entertainment, we are no longer under the control of the Holy Spirit. We're under the control of the programmers who program that particular app that we're using. Mm -hmm. That's incredibly dangerous. We can never afford to allow ourselves to be unplugged from the Holy Spirit. We can't. That's dangerous. Mm. And that's what we're doing with our children. In fact, we have a church member who's a psychologist, and, I, and, and she totally disagrees with me. And I sat down and I showed her the research that doesn't just come from the United States, but the Europeans are also big into this as well, that are saying this is damaging the kids. Mm destroying their ability to think and it's creating a level of technological addiction that is almost impossible to break mm. and we've got to recognize that 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 in this day and age the same principles that led us away from alcohol use and other drugs and stimulants the dependencies mm. also apply to technology and we've got to realize that the spirit of prophecy talks about principles right and from principles of the spirit of prophecy we need to really make sure that we um focus our children and don't allow them to have a de dependency on anything else but their relationship with god all other dependencies have to be avoided mm. if we're going to have our children ready for the kingdom of heaven mm. interesting i'm going to let you talk a little bit about christian education why should we come to Christian education because we have to pay for it when we can go to a perfectly good magnet program in the public school and our children can get all the scholarships that they need and probably go to a very good college that is not Christian. What is the difference between a Christian education and something like that? The Christian, if you truly believe Jesus is coming again, you can't put your child anywhere else because um, I, I will tell you, first of all, Adventist education has a proven track record of producing more for four year college graduates than any other school system on planet Earth. Hmm. Period. Period. No one can compete because we, we create a culture of success. You can have you can have. All, all the information in your head you think you need graduating from high school. But unless you went to a high school that has a culture of success, your success is not guaranteed. Um, whereas in, in Adventist schools, we produce more four-year college graduates than any other school system on earth. Hmm. There's a very, very expensive school down the road from our school where people pay $30,000, $40,000 a year to have their kids in school. Hmm. I will guarantee you that our Humble Academy in South Florida, Georgia Adventist, uh, uh, what, uh, uh, Miami Adventist Miami? Uh, yeah. Yeah. produces more four-year college graduates after they graduate from that school than that very expensive school down the road from our school. Mm. Okay. Um, so, so if you want success, Adventist schools are the place to put your students. But the other reality is we need to make sure that we put our kids in schools that point them to Jesus Christ. Because if the home, the church, and the school are not all pulling in the same direction, you have about an 80% chance of your child leaving the church. Wow. Okay, but if the home, the church, and the school are all pulling together, you have a 75% chance of your students staying in the church and connected mm -hmm. to Jesus Christ. Bottom line, they, our, our denomination spends thousands of dollars hiring 
non-Adventist people to do research to be able to figure out what those percentages are and where our young people are. And Adventist education is the key. You've got to realize that the moment you drop your child off at school, the teachers will spend more time talking and interacting with your children than you will as a parent. You also got to realize that when you drop your child off at school, those teachers have more credibility with your children mm. than you do as a parent. Mm. If those teachers aren't pulling your children in the same direction you want them to go, they will pull them away from you because mm. they have that much control. Mm. So as far as I'm concerned, as, as, as both a parent and as an educator who want to see my children in the kingdom of heaven, it is tantamount to spiritual child abuse to put your child in any other school but a Seventh-day Adventist school. And in the state of Florida, we have school choice. Mm. So if you're in a home that makes under $100,000 a year, you can send your children to any school you choose to in the state of Florida and the state and, and, the, and, and step up or the AAA scholarship will cover the tuition for you. Right. So there's no reason in Florida to put your children in any other school but a Seventh-day Adventist Christian school. There's no reason. Um, because in Florida, we have school choice. Mm. So, so that's a big plus. But for those of, of, who, who are making more than that, who are, who are what we call our full-pay families, that is a struggle. Because if you're making $110,000 a year, all of a sudden now, if you've got you know, two kids, you're paying, you know, $12,000, $13,000 a year to have two kids in an Adventist school. Yeah. And it's a struggle. I recognize that. But the question is, is where do you want your children to ultimately end up? Yeah. Where do you want your children to end up? Mm. Do you want them to end up wealthy and successful, but not caring about Jesus Christ? Mm. When we know this world is going to end, friends, we know this world is going to end. Mm. Atheists know this world is going to end. Mm. Our children need the hope that only comes from Jesus Christ. And for me, when I see people doing that, I, I, and, and, and it sounds so judgmental, and it probably is, Lord, please forgive me, but, but it shows a lack of faith mm. in the second coming of Jesus Christ mm. if you're not putting your children in a Seventh-day Adventist Christian school. Mm. It shows that it doesn't matter to you because we put our money where we in the area that we value the most right and so if you value driving that mercedes-benz or that Le lexus or as i've seen in our church parking lot that ferrari or that bentley suv hmm. that's fine but you can't take that to heaven with you the hmm. only thing that has the potential of being in heaven with you are your children exactly okay hmm. and so it just it just it all it just all depends on what you have faith in and what you believe and do you believe jesus is coming again and mm -hmm. do you want your children in a place where they are in a rich environment mm. and constantly in every single class every single day is going to hear about the importance of a relationship with jesus christ every single day mm. and no one's going to tell you that there are 27 different genders out there because we know god only made two and no one's going to tell you that you have a choice on 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 who you're going to love and what you're going to do with them because god said that we made man and woman and a relationship with them and no one's going to tell you that any old religion is fine because we know that you're only saved through jesus christ mm -hmm. and 
and and and and you're not going to hear that you're a bigot because you believe differently than that. Mm. Because I will tell you that what our children are taught in public school is that if you aren't perfectly tolerant of everybody else and that and, and that it's okay to do those things, then you're considered a spiritual bigot. Hmm. And I'm not saying that our children, we should never be mean and we should never be cruel and we should never be, right. you know, and, and, you know, we should always be kind and all of those things. Those, those, are, those, those are, are universal. We need to teach our children that. And sometimes we tend to judge people harshly who sin differently than us. We've got to realize that if it's not for the grace of Jesus Christ, we're all lost. We, we're not going to make it. But on the other hand, we've got to teach them right and wrong and biblical principles. And they do not teach that at that fine magnet school at the mm. other side of town. Mm. They don't teach that. They teach something very, very philosophically different. And it's anti-Bible and it's anti-scripture. When they take a science class, they are not taught creationism side by side with evolution. They are taught that evolution is fact and that the biblical truth is fiction. Mm. That's what they're taught. So, so if you, if people want to put their children in those schools, they can, but they are literally denying them. Mm. You know, my, my children went to uh, Adventist schools all the way through. They went through my schools. I was their school principal. Mm. They went through, and, and, and both of my children are still not just in church, but actively involved in their churches. Mm. And I was sitting and talking with my son the other day. I said, son, you know, how, how you, what, what do you think Adventist education, what do you think it did for you? He says, dad, when I sit in the Sabbath school class, I'm in there with people who are highly educated, but they didn't go to Adventist schools. Hmm. And he said, they look to me. Now, my son hasn't finished college yet, okay? He's working full-time. The employer that he's working for is paying for him to finish his college. Hmm. He's got about a half a year to go. But he said, these people, highly educated individuals, look to me as a 29-year-old kid Wow. spiritual guidance because they don't know what's in their Bible. Wow. Okay. Because they went to non-Adventist schools. Mm. A kid who goes to an Adventist school K through 12 has had more exposure to theology than most evangelical pastors. Mm. Okay. That's what I want for, that's what I wanted for my children. And that's what they got. That's what I want for your children, but they mm. can only get that. If they, if you put them in a Seventh-day Adventist Christian school. What do you want your children to achieve or your students to achieve at the end of next year? At the end of next year? Yeah. I'm I'm hoping, first of all, that we can complete this year with our kids continuing to be in the classroom. None of this this insane stay-at-home, lock-up, destroy your immune system, sitting at home, um, playing video games and sitting in front of a screen. So I want to finish the school year with our kids in the classroom learning. Next school year, I want to continue growing my students in their relationship with Jesus Christ. But I want to take it one step further, especially with my junior high, because I want to start training my junior high students to be able to preach in church. Mm, Nice. Uh, you know, um, I, 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 I've done it for, for many years as a, as a high school principal with high school kids. I've done it with ninth and 10th graders. But we have the, the talent 
at Sawgrass to be able mm -hmm. to do that with our junior high kids. I, I will tell you, this community has such talented kids. I've worked in high schools that have had less talent than what we have in this elementary school program. And um, we need to start preparing our children to, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. in the communities. Um, and there's nothing more powerful than a young person preaching with confidence mm -hmm. and clarity from the pulpit. Nothing more, no old person, no trained theologian, no person straight out of the seminary can beat a 13, 14 year old who can get up and tell it like it is from the Bible. Nobody can. Yeah, so and so, you know, it's time to start doing that with our kids because I will tell you that for the students that have gone through my programs and I've taught them how to preach and, and over the years, many of them have become very successful ministers and in the Bible. In fact, I remember one guy, his name is Mikey Larson. He's, he's currently a pastor in Nebraska. And his mom came to me and says, man, you've got to reach Mikey because he's either going to be a pastor or he's going to end up in jail. It's going to be one of those two. Whoa. <laughs> and so he was, he was in my, my senior Bible class. I taught him how to preach, man. The first time he preached, he preached like he, I mean, and he, not, not just getting up and lecturing, I mean, preaching, you know, there's a difference between mm -hmm. a lecturer and somebody who can really preach. Right. Mikey, first time he preached he preached mm. and he's an incredibly successful pastor right now and mm -hmm. and because it, we, we've got a choice and, and, and it's really as stark as, as my buddy mikey we either connect people with jesus christ or they're connected with the devil there, there's nothing in between there's nothing we can pretend there's stuff in between but there's between. We've got to make sure we connect our children with Jesus Christ. And I will tell you that once they've effectively learned how to preach, because preaching isn't just about preaching, it's about knowing how to do in-depth Bible study and then put it into words. That, that mental process is powerful. Once you teach somebody that mental process, they can achieve just about anything because that mental process is multidimensional. Mm. It's multi-dimensional because they don't just do the research, but you do the research and you learn and then you present it. And not only do you present it, but you learn to preach it in a convincing way. You use so much of your mind when you learn to preach. And so when we teach children how to do that effectively, mm. when I was a, a principal in Las Vegas, I did it with my ninth and 10th grade. I taught ninth and 10th Bible as, as my role as the principal there. And I didn't just do it with my Adventist kids because 90% of my kids were non-Adventist at that school. Um, I did it with my kids who were Baptist and I did it with my kids who were Methodists and I did it with my kids who, who, who were Lutherans. And I went to their churches on Sunday and I listened to them preach in their churches on Sunday. Wow. And they powerful sermons for Jesus Christ in their churches. You know, and then the people said, well, where did you learn how to do that? Well, I learned to do that at the Adventist school. Adventist school. <laughs> <laughs> you know? wow. so it's, it's, it's incredibly powerful it's incredibly powerful stuff and so my goal is is to ramp up our students ability to be actively involved and connected in their connected to their church and with their congregation and so that's the direction we'll be pushing next year awesome awesome wonderful well, thank you very much, Principal Stevenson. It was it was a beautiful program. I really enjoyed it this year. It was very different. We had the little preschoolers in there too, which was nice at the end with the little costumes. Of course, it wouldn't be complete without them with their costumes. It was nice. It was a very nice program this year. Very different, but a beautiful feel. 
Um, if you'd like to listen to the program again, you can go to Plantation SDA Church YouTube channel or plantationsda.tv and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and be notified by all for all the live stream programs and also subscribe to Plantation SDA to listen to this podcast. Okay, Principal, would you like to pray us out, please? I will. Thank you, Dawn. Father in heaven, thank you so much for uh, this opportunity to share. Mm. I pray, Lord, please, that uh, people who uh, watch this podcast are blessed. Mm. Pray, Lord, you continue to bless the uh, Plantation Church many ministries that are out there reaching into the community, both online as well as um, as physically. And we just ask, Lord, please, that when you come to take us home, that you will recognize us as good and faithful servants. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. And just before we wrap up, we have a few birthdays. On December 8th, we have Ali Waite and Marsha Edwards. And December 10th, we have Elijah Thompson. So happy birthday to all those that are going to have birthdays in the future. Okay, and to all the podcast listeners, I hope that you have a lovely, lovely day, blessed day, and be sure to tune in to us next week. Take care. Bye.